I, I tell people this all the time, football, I love it because you find out what kind of man you are. And also, it's also it's the only thing that you can do. Uh, you can knock a man out and not go to jail. So, <laughs> <laughs> so hey, it was fine with me. Hello there, your host Jason Dennis here with another edition of the Run the Race podcast. If you'd like to listen to any of the previous ones, go to WTVM.com slash podcast. And i got a question for you. Are you ready for some football? Because it's happening. Uh, you may be listening to this only a day or two away from the NFL season starting. College football kind of already gotten started, but the ACC and SEC kicking off in the next few weeks. So a lot of excitement in the air for sports fans. Um, and, uh, you know, we talk a lot about faith and fitness on here. And I've got a great guest for you today, uh, DJ Jones who was a star for the University of Georgia football team, won three SEC championships with them, and a national title as a freshman, went on to play several years in the NFL, and has been a sportscaster for the last two-plus decades. Uh, so you're going to hear him talk about all kinds of issues, uh, like his college football NFL career, including workouts and his fitness routine from decades ago, which was uh, pretty massive. And also, um, he, he gives some insight um, as an African-American former pro athlete, talks about how the protests over racial injustice and police, how that's impacting sports today and, and the recent boycotts we saw in the NBA and Major League Baseball and other sports. He talks about how, how faith in God and, and kindness for others got him to where he is and also uh, details his sports casting career and how uh, that's kind of taken off and, and how uh, faith and fitness has played a role really in his life overall. So looking forward to hearing from DJ Jones. Also wanted to talk to you a little bit real quick about, you know, I think I told you a few episodes ago about how I've been taking a part in this experiment for the last three or four weeks and trying to continue it on, being disciplined, uh, reading the Bible one hour a day, or for some cases, I'm listening to it on the Uversion app on my uh, Bluetooth uh, headphones while I'm out walking or running or in the car or anything like that, and um, came across um, a story that many of you may know very well from 1 Samuel. It's the, really the ultimate underdog story. You know, in, in football or any sport, we, we like to root for the underdog. And, um, it, you know, David and Goliath, and it talks about the journey of Saul took to, to leaving the king, kinghood and, and kind of getting kicked out. And then David kind of being, trend, you know, coming up and becoming king of all of Israel. And um, in First uh, Samuel 17, 45, it says, David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. So uh, he, uh, you know, there's weapons of warfare, but there's also weapons in spiritual warfare as well. And uh, so it's important to put on that armor and to know that we are we are in a spiritual battle in this world today. That is absolutely true. So uh, I, I definitely uh, be we need to be more like Jesus, more like David, and uh, have that attitude of faith that uh, with God, um, nothing is impossible. And once again, our guest today is DJ Jones. Uh, some people maybe that know him uh, may know him as Daryl Jones, but definitely known as DJ Jones. He's the uh, um, co-founder of Sports Visions USA LLC, and uh, part of that is a television show called Sports Visions. They do all kinds of radio shows, and he's executive producer and co-host of that as well. He's a uh, now a 22-year veteran of radio and television as a sportscaster 
analyst, and talk show host. Now, going back a little further, DJ was drafted by the Major League Baseball team, the Pittsburgh Pirates, after his senior year in high school back in June of 1980. Then, after um, several years playing for the University of Georgia playing football, he was drafted by the NFL's Green Bay Packers in April 1984, played for them for several years, then played for the Denver Broncos, um, became an AFC champion. Now, uh, in his college football career, he played for the University of Georgia Bulldogs, won the 1980 NCAA National Championship, and like I said earlier, uh, several SEC championships and, and, and uh, Sugar Bowls as well. He's one of the only few athletes in the world that was drafted for both the MLB and NFL, both pro sports, won 44 games uh, as a member of the UGA team. He was an All-American quarterback going back a little further at Carver High School in the late 70s in Columbus, Georgia, where he is from and lives now. He served in a lot of community and civic organizations, including the board of the Boys and Girls Club to the Chattahoochee Valley for 13 years. He still serves as motivational speaker and a role model for many young people winning awards. He was also inducted into the Chattahoochee Valley Sports Hall of Fame in 2004. Here's my conversation with DJ Jones. I'd like to welcome uh, DJ Jones to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Well, I want to get to know you a little bit and talk about your uh, your college and NFL career and playing baseball as well and your journey of faith because I know that's very important to your life and, and also uh, fitness and, and everything else and sports visions like you talked about. Uh, but I wanted to start a little bit about um, you know professional sports and the world we're in now. And obviously, COVID and the pandemic has had a big impact on, on all sports really across the gamut. But lately, um, something that's really had a big impact really over the last week or two has been the racial unrest and the protests and, uh, you know, the NBA playoffs and uh, Major League Soccer and WNBA, even Major League Baseball, canceling games, postponing games for several days, and now they're kind of back at it again. So what is your take as somebody who played uh, professionally in football and well-known from UGA as well? uh, What is your take on just the protests and the boycotts? Um, you know, it was over Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin, but obviously just overall police brutality and, and race in general. You know, growing up in the late uh, 60s or so here in uh, East Winton, out of East Winton and over in Beautiful Estates States here in the city of Columbus, obviously I had an opportunity to see uh, the civil rights movement and the violence, uh, the violent protest that upfront and personal back in the day. But today to see how things are, uh, how, are going with all the, for the most part, but peaceful protest, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, it's, it's, it's different because obviously I'm happy that I'm seeing more people uh, that don't look like me that are joining in again. And, uh, you know, those old, you know, those guys from back in the day, you know, when, you know, things are just outrageous. But now these kids have a different perspective with regards to how uh, how uh, black uh, African-Americans should be treated and people of color uh, should be treated. So it's a little different. Uh, but still, uh, I'm just it just floors me that uh, we've gone so long with people still, you know, feeling in, in that way with the hatred and the racism and and the uh, the unfair and this, even the, with the social injustices of, with the police and brutality brutality and whatnot uh, is sad. Do you think it's effective uh, in terms of you know, getting the message out and, and, and acting change, real change, even maybe uh, changing laws for like the NBA players and uh, Major League Baseball players to, to protest and to, to not play a game or you know, kneeling uh, for the national anthem? Do you think those things are effective or um, do you think that they are just, um, you know, can be polarizing at times as well? 
I think that uh, it's, it's getting, getting a lot of attention, it's, especially now that the players obviously know what they want and they're actually in demanding that the owners get involved because the owners are the ones, uh, these billionaires, uh, they have the influence. Obviously, the athletes have been entertaining for a long, long time. Being a former professional athlete, you know, obviously, you know, we are treated one way uh, when we're entertaining or when we're playing the sport, but obviously when we put on our clothes and go out into our different communities, obviously that changes. Uh, however, I'm just so glad and so proud of these young men today because they realize the power that they have and collectively they are uh, you know they're standing up and uh, they're using their platforms for the better and I know that you are all about being positive positivity is, is I, I know from uh, you know you as a person and knowing you and and things you post on social media positivity is something very important to you so um, you know in this world where we've got you know it's such a um, you know, uh, div- divisive, um, you know, atmosphere, especially with the, the election just a few months away. Um, you know, uh, and, and faith is very important to you as well. How do you deal with that as somebody who's, you know, there's so much negativity as somebody who, who maybe is against that? Well, first of all, I have to give credit to my parents, both deceased uh, Walter and Betty Jones, obviously the house that we came up in. I'm an only child. Uh, we just, uh, they believed in having a peaceful uh, household. They believed in obviously uh, being positive, having faith and uh, worshiping and, and again, uh, honoring uh, God Almighty. And, and I saw it, you know, front and center for a long time. My parents, uh, you know, I, I was raised in the church and uh, we had a beautiful life. My po- They were both blue collar workers and I saw them. I saw them, uh, you know, further their careers by hard work and being positive and, and, and not worrying about, uh, you know, what they didn't have. They just went ahead and, and whatever was there for them, they made the best of it. And, you know what, that's obviously it rubbed off on me. And, you know, and I use that and I, and I try to share that with as many people as I could come in contact with as well. Yeah, so important to stay positive. And uh, I wanted to get to know you a little bit as well, DJ. Um, uh, so we do what's called a fast four on the podcast. Okay. So uh, the first question, and I already introduced you with, with the bio earlier. In, in the, the show, um, but uh, what is your job description currently at work and also at home? Well, at work, uh, I work for a company called Sports Visions, and obviously that's a partner. My partner and I, we started this company about 16 years ago, and uh, I say my, my, my whew, well, it's kind of long now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a sports marketing uh, slash sports talk show host, sports radio talk show host, uh, salesman, promotions, any and everything that you can imagine under the sun with regards to running a, a multifaceted or multimedia sports marketing agency. And uh, at home, uh, just uh, what's your title there? My, I'm, I'm adjusting to my new title because for the past two, five, six, seven years, I've been a primary caregiver for my parents. My dad, who passed three years ago, and my mom, who passed just two months ago. And, you know, having the opportunity of caring for them, you know, and, and, and being an only child and having, uh, as an adult, to be able to spend this quality time with my parents, you know, it's, it's, it was a sensational. And I, it was one of the most proudest things that I've ever considered with, with regard to having a job at home. However... Again, losing mom on June uh, uh, June sixteenth. Uh, I'm I'm still adjusting to not caring for you know medic, giving her meds, feeding her, making sure she's straight, going out to uh, out in the city, doing uh, going on walks in the mall. But uh, I, you know I'm 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 adjusting. Now you're somebody who was drafted uh, in the major league baseball and the professional football, so uh, things were different for you maybe a few decades ago. So now for DJ Jones, how do you stay physically fit? I'll tell you like this, Jason. Basically, you know the physicality of workouts, uh, you know, really left me a long time ago, but. Uh, 
what I've found out that, that uh, now my workouts are, are mentally, you know, being at peace, obviously, and uh, trying to trying to put the right things into this uh, this old machine. I've been drinking a lot of water, staying hydrated, you know, eating green vegetables, and uh, and uh, as far as the physicality of going out and running and walking and lifting weights and that type of thing, I get that at a minimum. Primarily, it's what I'm taking in. Uh, in my diet and nutrition because I know I can't eat like I used to. And, uh, you know, hey, I, it, I feel better when I eat right. Absolutely. Yeah. Nutrition is so important. Um, and also, do you have a uh, maybe a, a spiritual or inspirational mantra or, or motto or maybe a favorite verse? Well, I, I won't say a favorite verse, but this is one of my favorite sayings. And I know it, it, it uh, overlaps in a lot of different areas. But, you know, uh, treat people like you want to be treated. That's the bottom line. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I, it, I grew up with at home. And, you know, I know that there's a ton of, you know, of, of scriptures that uh, I, I could say, but just the bottom line right now, especially in this crisis, in this day and time, in, 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 in this space, treat people like you want to be treated. If you really do that, you will understand that, you know, I don't know anybody who wants people to treat them in like, like you know, like poop. But, you know, just treat people like you want to be treated. Uh, you, you know, to get respect, you have to give respect. Yeah. And uh, I just, you know, I just believed in, in being kind and having a, a nice word to say, being, uh, you know, being a gentleman, being... Uh, it's no room for the negative or it's no room for the anger and the toxic things that are happening. It's just, it's too much wasted energy. Yeah. It's like the golden rule, do unto others as you want them Absolutely. to do unto you for Absolutely. sure. And the last one of the fast four uh, DJ is what is something unique about you? Uh, I think when people see me and read all about whether they read it or, or hear my, 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 my bio or whatever, they might think it's all about me. But I'm, uh, I'm the type of people, the people, that my friends and family that know me know that I'm a hospitable person. I like to take care of folks. I like for folks to have a good time. I like, you know, I like to feed people. I like to, I like to be hospitable. And, uh, you know, that's something that uh, you wouldn't know, I guess, if you didn't know me personally. But I just like other people, the people around me having a good time, enjoying themselves. And uh, that's, that's just me. Absolutely, yeah. Well, uh, turning now to your uh, your kind of sports career, uh, and that's uh, led maybe to your sports casting career as well. You played uh, at least baseball and football growing up, maybe other sports as well. And and uh, I know you're you're you know well known for playing for the University of Georgia Bulldogs around here. It's either go War, dogs. It's either War Eagle <laughs> that or Roll Tide around here, right? Um, and so uh, and you won a national championship with them, and I think three straight Sugar Bowls. Yes. Um, and then uh, also, obviously, loved baseball. So, was what was it like being a multi-sport um, star? I mean, because I I think of you know maybe you count it on one hand, um, you know, Deion Sanders and, and Bo Jackson, obviously some of the most well-known ones. Absolutely, and also the most wealthier ones. <laughs> but no, it was just great. I'm coming up, like I said, with my great parents, Walter and Betty Jones. They basically you know set the set the bar for me. You know, you do what you have to do to do what you want to do, and then that means you know if you kept your room clean, if you took did your chores, if I made good grades. Uh, not necessarily in that order. You know, I get to go out and play football, baseball, basketball, uh, whatever it was that, uh, whatever sport it was for that particular season. So that was a, a big, big part of it. And uh, again, like I said, my parents uh, were at the forefront of motivating me to want to be able to do all of those. Was it a tough choice? I mean, did you love football that much more than baseball, or was it was it very close? Well, early on, as a youngster playing little league ball and high school ball, you know, it it really was a close call but as I got older as I matured I, I you know as I filled out I, I, I got more physical uh, the, the the 
the football was was a faster game. Baseball, I, I probably was the most talented in baseball, but it was such a slow game. And you know, football, it was just uh, you know the, the physicality of it all, uh, and just it just intrigued me uh, that you can actually actually go out and and and, and really uh, you know you don't have to control your emotions. Uh, you know, it's just you go out and just be physical. And I, even though I was an offensive player early on, uh, I still was able to to apply some impact or, or supply some pressure or to comply some some physical pain in in certain uh, situations. But it all paid off again and this is like I, I tell people this all the time football I love it because you find out what kind of man you are and also, it's also it's the only thing that you can do uh, you can knock a man out and not go to jail so, <laughs> <laughs> so hey it was fine with me and you uh, were drafted by the Green Bay Packers and played for them and then won uh, some AFC championships with the Denver Broncos so um, what position did you generally play and, and did you enjoy your time in the NFL I did I was a defensive back I made uh, I played uh, I grew up as a quarterback all-american quarterback out of high school I played quarterback on the national championship team in 1980 behind Buck um, but I made the switch in my sophomore year of college to defensive back all the defensive backs that graduated Buck was coming back for his senior year and I had already proven to myself Irk Russell and Duly that I belong on the field so holding a clipboard wasn't a choice for me I wanted to go over and play and get on the field and I did and now uh, it was the best decision that I made I ended up having an opportunity to like I said play on three SEC championship teams uh, in addition to the uh, national championship team also played in the senior bowl uh, was drafted by the Packers and had an opportunity to play there as well as uh, with the AFC champion Denver Broncos in 1987. Yeah, so I mean, for for those, especially around this this area, love SEC football. What was it like, you know, um, playing in front of you know um, tens of thousands of fans, and and obviously people in Georgia are wild about football and and Alabama as well. Uh, but you know, what was that atmosphere like, and just being at at the center of that, especially you know on a team that that won it all. Jason, I have to tell you, obviously that's when I knew there was a God. Uh, coming out of high school and in, in the four <laughs> years of at Carver High School, I didn't win ten games. I know I had a lot of uh, success and a lot of accolades but we didn't win 10 games in all four years and Ooh. then my freshman year at Georgia we go undefeated 12-0 and and win a national championship and then go on to win those other games uh, in winning over 40 games in college and uh, only losing a few and uh, you know uh, it was just a blessing. It was really a blessing. But, uh, you know, having the opportunity to, to grow up and, and, and experience that championship culture at Georgia, it's a blessing in, in itself. Again, like I said, you know, uh, you, you know, you, you can't explain it. You, you have to understand that there is a higher power. There is something mightier than you that, that put you in those situations. Because, you know, growing up where I grew up and again, playing high school football where I played it up at Carver, you know, wasn't a, it wasn't a big uh, one of these powerhouses and we didn't win a lot of games but you know what good God the, the good Lord blessed me with the talents and folks recognized it they saw it and the rest is history yeah, and, and that's what life's all about, whether it be a sports career or your job or family or anything. It's a lot of hills and valleys. Um, so for you, you know, what what lessons of faith have you, you know, you talked about your parents bringing you up in that way, but um, how important for you, um, whether it be on your job or in your personal life or anything you do, how important is your faith and and God to your, how do you make that a part of your life? Well, again, growing up with, a, with God-fearing parents and knowing, growing up in the church and obviously not understanding at a young age what it meant but you know given when you grow up and you experience certain things and you, you, you're you putting certain situations and you know and, and well, no matter what happens it, it turns out successful when you know that the people before you or the people that might have uh, whether they wore that uniform at Carver 
borough were that they lived in that neighborhood that I grew up in, you know, just didn't make it out. But me, how, why me? You know, but it had to be, uh, it had to be my faith. It had to be my, 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 my faith in, in, in God and, and, and understanding and believing and, and continuing to try to do the right thing. And again, and being encourager, uh, an encourager like I am now in business, it, it, it just, you know, it pays it forward as far as I'm concerned because somebody was there for me. And again, uh, in addition to my parents, a lot of coaches, a lot of teachers, Sunday school teachers uh, as well that poured into my life. Yeah, and, and, and you know, kind of growing up and obviously, you know, playing sports on a collegiate and, and pro level at, at, the, at elite levels, um, you know, obviously fitness was really important. Do, do you miss um, being like, you know, having those two days and those workouts and, and how hard it was and, and the heat of Georgia. I mean, do you miss that or do you say, well, I'm glad that's a young man's game? You know? Well, it is in truly a young man's game, but I do miss, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed everything about the competition. Obviously, you know, practicing, you know, goal line, seven on seven. I mean, those were the parts of, of, of the game that it, because I was a competitor and I enjoyed it. And again, I didn't take it for granted. A lot of kids that, uh, you know, you know, thought it was just uh, it was a chore, but I you, when you truly love the game, you know, you enjoy all of those parts. You don't just enjoy the, playing the games on Friday nights or Saturdays. Uh, you enjoy the practice. You enjoy the process. And did you have a routine um, or maybe the team required you to have a routine on certain days or weeks, whether it be at Georgia or in the NFL, um, for fitness? I mean, in terms of working out upper body and being out, I mean, was it like, you know, two hours a day or 10 hours a day maybe in, in the gym or – I could mention one name in particular in high school, Coach Wallace Davis. He was a guy that uh, you know, obviously we didn't have much at George Washington Carver in the in the face of f- f- facilities and weight rooms and whatnot. But he was a calisthenics guy and he was a conditioning guy. So I, I had I had some proper training without all of the bells and whistles uh, by running wind sprints and doing calisthenics, push ups, sit ups, and uh, those types of things. Running heels. Uh, he set the bar real high early on for me. So everything after that uh, was all downhill because obviously as we went on uh, to the university. To Georgia with all the weights in the weight room and the Olympic lifts and all of that stuff, you know, Coach Davis had pretty much instilled in us uh, uh, a different mentality. Which you know, after you, any any of his players that he's played, he's coached over those forty years of his tenure, he, they can tell you that he was definitely a physically fit man that believed in physical conditioning. Yeah, and some people, you know, I mean, I, I include myself on this. You know, a lot of people don't like running. I didn't like running, but there's a lot, a lot of people who who just uh, don't get motivated to go into the gym because they just don't like lifting weights or they may not good at it. Um, is that something that you enjoy? Did you enjoy going in there and, and uh, you know, doing the, the squats and the, and the lifts and deadlifts and all that kind of stuff? Or was that just like, well, it, it's a chore. I got to do it for my team. Well, no, I, I understood. And, and, and I want to name Coach Davis as well as uh, the strength and conditioning coaches at Georgia. Anytime that they can tell you, hey, oh, this is a, how – you're a very talented young man, but you can be even better. You can be stronger. You can be quicker. You can be faster. When you buy into that, most kids that I know, uh, you know, if you can get over that barrier, get that, get through to them that it will make you better, a better player, a better basketball player, a better hitter, you know, a, a faster runner. Uh, those are the types of things that uh, when most kids that I know that play the game, obviously, they want to get better. And once you break that cycle of, under, of understanding, I, I think that's when they can learn to understand and learn to enjoy 
uh, working out and getting better. And like for the average Joe and Jane going to the gym, I mean, you have to figure out your why. What is what does motivate you? What what is what's the reason you're you're going to the gym? You know, uh, in, in essence, a few days away is the NFL season, and then a few weeks away is the college football season. I mean, do you really think that we're going to have football uh, this fall? I mean, because there's there's still kind of some questions about that. At least the SEC and ACC are, are a go right now, but I, I don't know. I mean, are you hopeful? This is a two-part question, uh, if you will, Jason. <laughs> uh, yes, I am. And I'm an optimist. I'm the biggest fan since, obviously, I've hung up hung up my cleats and helmet and shoulder pads. I, I love football, I, and I love all sports. And again, But, uh, you know, realistically, you know, deep down inside, you know, it's it's health over wealth for me because I know, you know, as far as Division One college, the Power Five conferences, there's so much money that the, they would lose if we didn't have this, if we didn't have this season that, that that's coming up. We see that the pack. 12 and the Big Ten, they the, those conferences are, have op- opted out. But in recent weeks or recent days, we're finding out that the Big Ten might possibly figure their way back into this thing after getting so much heat from the parents and, of course, the uh, petition by Justin Fields. However, uh, I, I just... I just don't trust it right now without the, a vaccine or without a cure. This thing is such an unknown that, that, you know, the health of these young people and the health of these professional athletes, for, as far as I'm concerned, that's what I think about most. And do you think that, I mean, um, you know, is it, uh, you know, without fans? Because I know you're used to having, I mean, you know, back in the day, what did, what did Georgia have, 85,000, yes. give or take? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, having football potentially, whether it be big-time college football or NFL with limited or no fans, is that just a strange idea to think about? Well, you know what? Fans are awesome. And, again, we, at Georgia and in the pros, uh, when I played with the Packers and the Broncos, they were outstanding. Uh, however, when you have something taken away from you that you love, that's your, been your livelihood, hood for the most part you know you, fans are great but you know what just to be able to get back out on that field in between those white lines and play and compete that's the most important thing I think that you would figure if you ask most of these players college pro or high school you know they just just getting back out there with their peers first and foremost and doing what they love now sure they want mom dad grandpa auntie uncle and all their fans to come out and watch but just being able to play the game I think that is first and foremost what all these competitors uh, enjoy. And now that you, you've hung up your cleats, as you talked about, um, you have this uh, you know decades-long sportscasting career in uh, TV and radio and the such. And so, uh, was that something that you that was kind of in the works? That was you know DJ Jones growing up younger, and hey, after my career, I'm going to go and talk about sports on TV and radio. Was that in, was that the plan, uh, or was it just kind of happened? Absolutely, it was the plan. Obviously, <laughs> you know, being uh, watching sports on television, uh, my partner now who was with my business partner, Dale Williams, and also, as well. Uh, we grew up together, next-door neighbors. A lot of people didn't re- don't realize that, but uh, we, we've been knowing each other all of our lives. And uh, we would go out and uh, we would watch television, uh, whether it be football, baseball, basketball, on television. Then we'd go out in the yard and actually emulate what we just saw on television. And in between that, you know, I would uh, emulate some of the sportscasters. I would, you know, I was Howard Cosell. I was, uh, who, and, and that was the guy back in those days. And, and I would get in the, in the mirror with, my, with a broom or or. or, or, or a brush or something that simulated a microphone and just kind of do what I uh, or uh, try to emulate what I saw on television. And, you know, to this day, Dale and I basically still talk about we used to sit up under the street lights in our neighborhood and talk sports as well. In addition to me, you know, acting like Howard Cosell and a whole bunch of other folks. But, uh, yeah, it's a dream come true. It's unbelievable. But uh, the folks that really know us, they knew uh, they knew exactly what we're they know exactly what we're talking about. And, it, and it's just it's awesome.
Do you feel like, you know, God led you, you know, through this, this career that you had of, you know, college and pro sports to kind of get you where you are today in terms of the, because I know that we all make our own free will decisions and sometimes we don't make always the right decision, but it's, it feels like that God kind of lands you where he wants you. Exactly. God definitely had uh, his hands on me. And uh, again, uh, he did that through a lot of people, as I mentioned before, for coaches and teachers and Sunday school te- uh, uh, teachers as well. But uh, having the opportunity, again, the neighborhood that I grow up in not that it was this wild jungle but it was a situation where obviously had I if I wanted to go and, and follow the crowd I could have I could have made a lot of mistakes unfortunately for me my parents uh, and the good lord upstairs uh, I did not get into as much trouble as others not going to say I was uh, you know I was the uh, the sharpest knife in the drawer or was I the the, the, you know, the perfect kid I did my my, my, my run of devilishment but it, it wasn't so much as to end up losing time to going to jail like a lot of my friends did or being kicked out of school or that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely a very, very blessed time. And the name of your company and show is Sports Vision. So uh, what, where, what is that name? Does it, does it have a certain meaning to you at all? Or is that just something sounded cool? Or? Well, again, uh, the co- collaboration between Dale Williams, my partner, and I, uh, uh, sports and uh, playing sports, that we, and then having vision. Uh, you know, you have to have a vision in order to accomplish anything, and uh, and and that kind of worked. Uh, you know, I was doing the the local news at an, another affiliate here in town, and uh, Dale used to uh, uh, critique me every night. I call him after the shows and say, "Hey, man, what do you think?" And uh, you know, to the uh, to the word, every time he came, he said, man, you just don't have enough time. And you know how it is in, in local news. If, you know, if, if, if weather or news has some, has some extra extra stuff to throw in there, you got to cut away from sports. So uh, that's kind of how it got started. And Dale came up with the concept of uh, he was looking, he was working on his church's ministry. They had, uh, he was tasked to go out and find some sponsors and see what, uh, how, if any of the networks were interested. And in the doing so, he found out that, hey, he could buy some time and, you know, get some sponsors. And lo and behold, he came back to me and said, DJ, if I put this together and uh, would you host this show with me? I said, certainly. And uh, Sports Visions was born even without a, without a camera. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know that, that our sports guys here, you know, Dave and Paul, they kind of experienced this lull of like three or four months with really no sports happening at all. And uh, so they kind of found other things they had to do. So what's it been like for you in the middle of this pandemic since March or April? And uh, now things are kind of kind of coming back on board. But what's that been like for you? Because sports just kind of disappeared off the landscape, which is so unusual. It did. But again, being the blessings that it has been by being in this industry, having the, uh, the, uh, the crazy network of people, teammates, coaches, Coaches, friends, interviews that we had uh, in the can, uh, shows, previous shows over the past few years on the radio and television that we were able to go back and do the best of. Now, during the first uh, uh, shutdown, I guess, from March until April, the end of April or so, that's what we did. We just went back and a lot of great shows with great people, professional athletes, uh, administrator of SEC officials. You know, we would go back and play those because people enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, primarily what we is at, at what we do now. Uh, you know, we interview a lot of different uh, uh, people in, in, in sports and we go behind the scenes. We don't necessarily talk X's and O's all the time. We don't talk about the games. We break them down. But, you know, sports is so much bigger than the game as far as we're concerned. Uh, just the show that we got coming up uh, on uh, in this week, uh, my next show on Thursday. We'll have Herschel Walker and Billy White Shoes Johnson. You know, this is a local town, this is a local show, but we make a national pressure and a national imprint because of our experiences and our network uh, in sports, from the University of Georgia to the NFL uh, to Major League Baseball, which I've worked uh, as a 
promotions manager with Mizuno and, uh, and living in Atlanta, living in New York City, living in San Francisco. Uh, you just have, uh, you know, just an amazing network of, of players and personalities that you can call on. Yeah, and, and you talked earlier about how, you know, it may be a matter of health over wealth and, and, and are we truly going to have a college or NFL season? You know, we've seen, you know, most recently, as we talked about earlier with the NBA and, and other sports that also interrupted by uh, the uh, by protest and, and, and people saying, should we even play? Do you think that could also, you know, um, impact the upcoming football seasons at all in terms of that, you know, because people may, may feel that like, why should we, you know, be entertaining when we've got this this racial unrest and that continues to plague our country? I think for the most part, uh, the, the the athletes have gotten the attention, as I mentioned before, of the owners. So I don't think that they're going to have to do that or shut it down again because they do now know what they want. I think a lot of times that, you know, when a lot of the kneeling, a lot of the protesting and a lot of the, the boycotting, you know, there was not anything specific that they said they wanted to do and uh, they, that they, they needed. I think they've been able to do that now. They've been able to uh, congregate and and, and, and and maybe put that out there in the form of, of how they want to get it done. And, and I think that uh, they have a good plan because, you know, <laughs> you know, back in the day, I, I can tell you right now what these young men are doing is so admirable because, you know, if our coach said run through that brick wall, that's what we were going to do. We didn't have – we didn't question anything about – I mean, it just was not – it was just a different time. Yeah. And do you think, you know, with uh, – you know, in terms of how faith plays a part in sports and, and – and, the issue of race that we have today. Do you think that um, you know, what 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 should or what can the churches do to collaborate with you know athletes and uh, advocates to try to create some change that we need so we can all you know, have unity? I think the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which is already has been established here on the local front and all over all over the country, that organization uh, you know playing a part in and uh, being uh, uh, playing a role in, in most of the organizations, most of the teams, all of the players. I think that's a good start because again, whether the, the whether some of the players have uh, again given their life to the Lord uh, or not, but th- this is an education. This is an informative way to do that through fellowship of, of, of a Christ- uh, Christian athletes. Um, but uh, to to answer your question with regards to uh, you know faith in, in, in football and or faith in any sport, mm-hmm. for me uh, again, there's no other way. I have a testimony to, and, and, and it's unbelievable. And uh, I just you know again, if I sit and talk to a young man or a young lady. And, and share with them some of the things that have gone through uh, my life. Because, again, you know, people see DJ Jones now, obviously, you know, whether it's the billboard, the radio, the TV. And, again, they know uh, they know my glory. They don't know my story. Mm-hmm. I figured I'd get that right. <laughs> and, and people just seem to think that, uh, you know, you go to a different uh, – you come out of a different country. You come out of a different world, a different school. But I went to uh, – I came up in a neighborhood where, you know, it wasn't dirt poor, but we didn't have a whole lot. We didn't have a heck of a lot. But we, we understood and what we had, and we made the best of what we had. And, again, uh, from the standpoint of uh, the schools that I, I, I went to, in particular, I mentioned Carver because, you know, it was down. Now it's up. Everybody loves Carver. It's a brand-new building. It's been there for, you know, 10, 18 years now. But once upon a time on that hill, it was a little old, uh, dusty, uh, and I won't say shack, but it wasn't, it wasn't far from it. But, you know, the, the love that we had for each other, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of uniforms, didn't have a whole lot of equipment, but we had each other. And all of us leaning on each other, and that's why so much pride up there on that hill right now. People don't understand how, you know, you can have so much pride in your high school. Um, but when you think about where we came from, and when we talk about where we came from, and we celebrate what we have now, we stuck together through it all. You know, through all of those butt whoopings in my four years. Uh, and again, uh, but uh, I still get together with those old teammates to this day. 
Yeah, and, and one last thing with sports and society kind of crossing over more and more these days, what are your prayers or hopes to come out of this in terms of, you know, what we see not only, you know, um, across our nation, but maybe in sports as well because the landscape is definitely changing. I hope that uh, uh, corporate America can, can, can take some lessons from obviously being a, a part of a, a sports team. Obviously, you know, I, I'll use football in particular. They come from uh, the players come from all walks of life. All, all the players that I play from, you know, white, black, old, young, uh, rich, poor, you know, different faith uh, and whatnot. But when it's time to get between those white lines and you put on that jersey, that, that similar color jersey, and you go out with that logo on your helmet, it's all about teamwork. It's all about winning. And that's winning at, at, at the highest level. And you know what? Uh, it, it doesn't matter, you know, again, whose dad uh, is an insurance guy, whose dad uh, owns a company, whose dad works at the mill. Those players on that team, again, they're all for the same, uh, working for the same purpose, same goal, and those fans in the stand are rooting for the same team. And that's the way we want, uh, really, ultimately, that's what I would love for America to be. I mean, I would love for them to be the melting pot uh, that we are in sports. And you don't worry about uh, all the other stuff. You just want to win, make it make it the best situation that you can. Yeah, so sports can be a symbol for life when it when it works. Yes. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, thank you so much, DJ Jones, for joining us. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see you out there soon or listen to you on, on the radio and on Sports Vision. I watch you all the time. <laughs> all right, thanks, DJ. <laughs> Well, DJ is someone uh, I enjoyed speaking with for sure, and, and he's someone who uh, is great at his job uh, when he was on the field and off the field talking about sports. What a great job to have for a living and getting paid for it, but he does a lot of hard work behind the scenes to make it happen on radio and television and on social media. Uh, does a lot of hard work, but uh, also, you know, is very humble. And, uh, you know, like you heard him talk about, uh, it's so important to be kind to others and show love. And be positive because in this world, when things are so negative, he, he talks about how it's so important to stay positive and just to shine that light uh, in a world that unfortunately sometimes has a lot of darkness. Now turning to our final segments of this Run the Race podcast, which you can find on Spotify, Google Play, or, and uh, Stitcher, and Apple, where you can go down to the bottom and uh, give us a quick review. We'd love to hear your feedback and tell us how we're doing. Give us a five-star rating because hopefully you love it now that you're listening to it. Uh, so here's the final segments of this episode. And now to some uh, food for thought, which is some tidbits I found um, on uh, the news uh, side of things uh, on fitness and faith. And this time where the theme, of course, is a little bit of pigskin uh, football as the season uh, kicks off. And we just talked to DJ Jones. Now, in terms of fitness, I found this article on the Pro Football Network. It's called How NFL Players Became the Nation's New Fitness Coaches. Now, with this COVID-19 pandemic, we've all been living through many athletes, football players alike. Uh, you know, confined to their homes just like us, and they want to stay fit as well. And, uh, you know, the gyms close, many of the population, many of us trying to find different ways to work out. So these uh, NFL players, uh, they found inventive and unusual ways to keep fit and prepare for the new season. They've stepped in and, and helped you out as well. Technology allowing them to produce their own workouts, uh, showing their regimes off and, and their fitness videos uh, delivered directly to you at your home and your computer, smartphone, tablet, whatever. And some of the top stars took to the camera showing you how they keep fit in these troubling times and sharing uh, some of their tips, advice from the pros on their social media channels. So here's some examples that the uh, Pro Football Network provided 
Uh, one of them is San Francisco 49ers fullback Kyle Jiskowitz. Uh, he actually used his wife, Kristen, tying a rope around his waist, and then he stood uh, his wife on a boogie board, pulled her through inches of snow. Uh, so he showed that on his Instagram page. Pretty cool. And uh, he said, quote, I watched a lot of Rocky Four growing up, the 29-year-old uh, referencing uh, some of the unique workouts by uh, Sly Stallone for those Rocky movies. Another example, Pittsburgh Steelers defensive back Steven Nelson posting a full fitness video on his social media channels for fans to see and get involved with, including a great workout uh, warm-up routine. And uh, like any good fitness video, Nelson actually even included a, a soundtrack, maybe from the 70s or 80s, mimicking fitness videos you used to watch or have on your VHS. But he said uh, you know, he still was coaching you correctly, even though that may have been the joke part of things. And lastly, Ben Jones, an offensive lineman for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he's been exercising at home, filming it, and he was seen throwing a medicine ball against his garage wall and pressing weights on his driveway. And uh, one grueling workout that uh, Ben Jones from Tennessee included as he pulled his pickup truck along on his drive, an exercise that should come with a maybe do not try this at home. Maybe that warning should be on there as well. On the faith side of things, Time Magazine had an article several years ago called Football and Religion, the old relationship between God and the gridiron. You know, pro and college football teams alike, and in many sports, you might say, uh, they still pray before games. And coaches invoke Jesus and God. Uh, certain players, maybe when they hit the end zone, they hold their finger up in there, giving him the glory. Uh, and when somebody gets you know hurt and stays down, players from both squads typically get on their knees and pray for him. So we've we've come to learn and and and, and recognize that there's this fusion between football and religion. Even Notre Dame, they have a mural depicting the Savior with his arms raised, and that's behind the stadium. It's typically called Touchdown Jesus. And uh, not sure, you know, in this article, Time Magazine talks about how not sure if Jesus would have fully approved of the violence. Uh, football is not really about forgiving someone seven times seven and not about turning the other cheek. It's, it can be a violent sport, and uh, you want to hit your um, you know, opponent pretty hard. Um, so uh, the religion that most of us follow, if it's Christianity or something uh, very similar, it allows us to be forgiving when we wish to be and also use retribution when we wish to as, as well. There's the Old Testament and New Testament version of things when it comes to uh, a faith and when it comes to football. And our parting gift today, an inspirational quote, is what we usually do here. And this is from the Bible. Uh, it says in Psalms 108.13, With God we will gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. And so there's many times there's pregame prayers before sports about, you know, uh, God help us win, help my team win. I'm not sure. I mean, he's concerned about the big things and the little things, and you want divine favor, but it's all about seeking his will. And that's what we're going to do with our final prayer. God, I just thank you for this opportunity to talk about uh, faith and football and and uh, fitness and, and uh, just uh, the things that that you would have us to do. And uh, thank you for getting us through this uh, Labor Day holiday weekend. We just went, went through and continue to, to keep um, all of us healthy with our families and uh, just help us to keep going. Lord, that, that we know that the only true victory that we can have is through you. And God, help us to be stronger mentally, physically, and spiritually uh, to know that we are seeking you more and more each day. In your name we pray. Amen.
Again, thank you so much for joining us for the Run the Rays podcast. And we're going to have some great guests coming up in the next few weeks. And so make sure to keep listening. Tell your friends about it. Uh, post it on social media and use the hashtag Run the Race podcast. And uh, we'd love for you to, to tell your to your friends. And we're now uh, almost uh, about 10 months into uh, this so far. I've, I've enjoyed hosting this and, and talking about some things that I'm passionate about. But most importantly, uh, you know, maybe introducing you to some folks that are really inspirational. Uh, last week, we talked to John Teeples, uh, who uh, has run numerous 100-mile races. Very humble man who is a really an elite athlete, talking about um, how he's able to do that in, in hot and cold conditions. So make sure to listen to that. And until next time, hope you have a great week and enjoy some football.